Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello, this is Susan from Inside Yorkshire. I'm sitting here today with Michael Cush, who is an artist and sculptor based in Swaledale. Hello, Michael. Hello, Susan. Thank you very much for agreeing to the interview. Thanks for inviting me. I'm sitting presently in Michael's studio, I suppose you'd call it. Well, this is the showroom uh, Showroom. uh, Well, we're in the showroom part, but behind us is the workshop where you make your creations. Absolutely. And if I just put this in right at the beginning so people will understand if we have some interference, we have Joe the Crow here as well, who is an adopted pet of yours who might interject. Well, he is my apprentice. He's your apprentice, is he? Yes. (laughs) He's a crow who was rescued. Uh, He was kicked out of the nest as a chick with a lot of white feathers, which suggests uh, calcium deficiency. The crows tried to kill him off. They destroyed all his wing and tail feathers, so he was pretty helpless. And at that point was rescued by a group of kids. They took him home, brought him up in the bedroom for a few months, feeding him on pasta because they didn't know what birds ate. And that's when he would have become uh, imprinted. So he thinks of himself as being a small child. Then uh, the family lives part of the year abroad, so they needed more of a permanent home for him. And uh, I, because I'd looked after an injured crow here in the past, I had some familiarity with them. So I was happy to offer him a place here. But I wasn't expecting anything quite... There it goes. <laughs> wasn't expecting any, any, anything quite so tame, friendly and downright mischievous. <laughs> you were saying he's responsible for a lot of um, smaller items disappearing. Yes, and I did have an interesting experience uh, over winter where I'd uh, uh, taken a break, took my glasses off, and when I was ready to start work again, I found that my, my glasses had disappeared. <laughs> and I can't see that far without my glasses, so I was in uh, uh, a bit of trouble. So uh, eventually I remembered that uh, I had a spare pair of lenses. So I was holding the lenses, both hands against my eyes, hunting around, but uh, couldn't find them or couldn't spot them anywhere until I realised that there were a lot of dark places, so I needed the torch. So with one lens in one hand... And the torch in the other, I then hunted around the workshop until I spotted my glasses in his nest above the welding bench. (laughs) (laughs) And no doubt he was sitting quite gleefully watching you searching. Oh, yes, indeed. Oh, he loves it. (laughs) Right. So any um, interruptions are most likely to be from Joe the Crow, I would think. Yes. Now then, what I wanted to ask you, uh, Michael, is that I know that you're not Yorkshire born and bred. I know you moved into the area. So could you give me some of your background, please? Yes, indeed. I was born in Bridgend in South Wales. Uh, My parents, uh, my father was uh, Polish, uh, Polish Polish-Ukrainian. My mum was uh, German. And I had um, an interesting uh, childhood in some sense, I spent, uh, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time uh, by myself. Uh, uh, I quite got into uh, uh, Lego, Meccano, Airfix kits, uh, all those uh, kinds of things. And um, in it was um, my father had a tool shed which was pretty well stocked with uh, tools and materials. So I spent many an hour in there taking things uh, apart. Uh, essentially, I, I was absolutely fascinated with how things worked 
and really wanted to know how things were made. And that was kind of the, the root of uh, the direction that I've taken for the rest of my life, uh, essentially. Well, certainly an interesting um, workshop that you have here now. And I know your creations. I mean, we have crows, bats. I know you've um, you've dragons. Well, I oh, call them rooks. Rooks, actually. not crows. Okay, yes. it's just I'm getting con- um, confused with Joe the crow. You call him a crow. Rooks tend to be more gregarious. Um, there was something that uh, there was a, a couple of rookeries uh, near where I was uh, where I was brought up, and um, on the very rare summer, hot summer days that you would get in Wales. Wales tends to be wetter than <laughs> most places, but on the rare Summer days, I'd lay on my back on the top of the shed where nobody could see where I was and just uh, watch the rock, uh, the rooks tumbling, uh, tumbling and playing in the sky. And to, to me, they seemed to be the, um, the creatures that had the most fun. <laughs> <laughs> and they're very intelligent, I understand. Oh, yeah. More and more uh, research is being done on uh, the intelligence of corvids, yes. I mean, that, that's one of the beauties for me of uh, living so closely with Joe. I mean, he's been here five years uh, now, so I've had... Uh, quite a an interesting ex- experience of studying a COVID at very close quarters. And clearly what I've always seen in them is what you get. They are incredibly uh, mischievous and uh, have do have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> now then, if you can tell me then, you've not always um, created the, the work that you currently do. No. What you're saying, your background and how you were interested in making and how things work, but what actually drew you to all of this? Because I'm not sure what you were doing before you you started with this well, work. Well, uh, after school, I went to uh, art college um, to learn how to be an artist, very naively. Uh, I enjoyed the experience so much I didn't make anything for 10 years uh, after. I kept mumbling, uh, yes, but is it art? And it took me 10 years to come to the conclusion, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so by then, um, my then partner and I had uh, moved into the into Grinton. This is now uh, 35 years ago. And I picked up uh, whatever work uh, I could. And um, I eventually spent, uh, I, I was doing, uh, um, um, well, I eventually ended up in this crash repairs department at the local garage uh, here, and that's where I picked up uh, mechanicing and engineering skills. Uh, there was an opportunity for uh, somebody to do some welding uh, in the place, so I'd uh, kind of taught myself how to weld, practicing on other people's cars, <laughs> <laughs> and then spent uh, about 14 years um, working in the crash repairs uh, department uh, part-time. So that was the the kind of background for me. For uh, it was basically a long apprenticeship for working with metal, and um, that's where I've picked up uh, a lot of the the skills and techniques uh, that I've used. Apart uh, from the the research that I I also have done uh, with old tools and equipment, and you know I mean I've spent uh, my life gathering uh, tools and equipment, and that's uh, I'm pretty much self sufficient with uh, what I'm producing now. So the materials, you source the materials that you're using. You're not buying new. You actually get them from, you recycle Yeah, it's all, it's all scrapped uh, materials. I call it, uh, or they call it upcycling. It's not repurposing for the mm. same, uh, uh, using the same material for to remake a bottle, uh, for yeah, instance. Sure. It's called upcycling where I'm taking uh, 
you know, basically a scrap material and turning it into uh, a work of art. A work of art, certainly. And they're very varied. I know recently I've seen, I saw some pictures, you've you made a tree. It's <laughs> it's huge. You made a tree. Is that over in, is that over near, Barn- is it in Barnacastle? Yes, it's at the Richardson's. Richardson Community Hospital in Ballycastle. Mm. Uh, the tree itself is about uh, three metres high. It's about a six to seven uh, metre diameter with uh, 384 uh, hand flame-painted stainless steel leaves uh, on it. It also sports a nest with three hand-painted uh, starlings. Uh, there's a connection with the, the hospital and the, the name of starlings. So uh, they asked if I could uh, um, uh, um, add that to, to the piece, which, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm very pleased with it. Uh, it, it looks absolutely uh, stunning. I'm, I'm very pleased. Is, is that the first tree you've done? I no, thought, it's the second no, one. No, I thought it was the second. Didn't you take one down yeah, south somewhere? Yes, the first one went down to Wakefield, down to uh, Wakefield Hospice as a, a remembrance uh, tree, a tree of life. Hmm. So not too far south then. Not that far. No. <laughs> Everything is relative. To Everything Northern is West. relative, certainly, <laughs> certainly. And you moved. You're saying you moved up to Swaledale what 35 years ago. What brought yeah. you up here? Well, uh, after art college, um, I did. Me and my partner then uh, did a teacher training course uh, in Nottingham. Um, uh, she uh, f- um, applied for a job. Uh, at Beedale, uh, and then we kind of came up uh, to the area to hunt for somewhere to live, and we kind of went in concentric rings further and further out from Beedale until we could find somewhere we could afford, and that's how we ended up uh, in Grinton. But then kind of got stuck in a poverty trap uh, because there was uh, we always seemed to be ten years behind the prices uh, locally, so um, there was never an opportunity to get uh, really a, a good footing onto the housing ladder. Uh, so after that, um, we I, we had a daughter. Um, we then separated. Uh, my daughter and uh, my partner then uh, went to live uh, uh, down nearer to the school. And uh, I stayed up here and tried to um, grow what had been a uh, an interesting hobby uh, in some some senses into a business that would uh, actually uh, support me with renting uh, the house and then the the studio space here. I must say it was like jumping off a cliff with homemade wings. (laughs) A huge, um, well, I I would think a a huge risk it must have felt like at the time. Yes, I mean, when you're watching your bank account plummeting. uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, um, I think the real breakthrough for me had been having committed... Uh, quite a substantial uh, investment in um, going to do a Hampton Court flower show, right. uh, which uh, I, I uh, then did, and then had the learning experience, a very steep learning experience of having to stand uh, totally exhausted from trying to make enough uh, materials, enough stock uh, to take down, and then uh, trying to deal with the... Um, you, know, you you kind of feel like you've set up a still life exhibit for people to come and take photographs of, and it was uh, not. Uh, I had to learn how to sell my work, and uh, that was a yeah, as I say, a very steep learning curve. But uh, yeah, we got through it, and uh, um, 
had a successful time there. That gave me then a bit of a breathing space, and I was able to then explore uh, different uh, avenues for exhibiting. And slowly, uh, I was able to increase the the safety zone uh, uh, effectively. And yeah, things have just uh, grown on from there, really. And uh, it's been about um, been making a living from it for about fifteen years uh, now. Right. And I know some of the pieces are so large, they must take hours, days to oh, do. Oh, yeah, weeks. Uh, weeks, months, yes. weeks, months, okay. Yes. yes. How long did it take you to make the tree? Oh, um, that should have taken a year. I think it was 18 months with various delays before I even got started uh, on that, both, uh, at both ends of the, uh, uh, the commission. Uh, and I had to wait for a blacksmith friend to move and to be uh, reset up before I could uh, form the trunk. I needed uh, his uh, both his furnace that he had and his power hammer to to shape the uh, the trunk before I could get underway with it. And then uh, I think it took about uh, two or three years. Uh, I think it took three years then to get it finally finished. The problem with a long project like that is that once you hit a hiccup. Because you're planning so many things years in advance, it then crashes into everything else that uh, you've, you've got kind of lined up. And uh, last year, uh, I had lined up a, a solo exhibition over at Revo Terrace, which required a huge uh, amount of work. I mean, Revo Terrace, if you know it, yes. it's an enormous place. Mm. And to have a solo exhibition there required you know, to pull all the stops out. So I borrowed pieces from all over the, the country. I was refurbishing pieces that I had in stock, building new pieces. And at the same time, my then landlord decided that they were uh, going to be selling the house and that uh, I had just a few months to move out. So uh, that was an interesting, uh, uh, interesting period. And... Yeah, certainly galvanised my attention on uh, what my next steps were going to be. The challenges that life throws at you. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Yeah, so um, you're now still living here, are you still in? Yes, uh, I'm, uh, I've been living locally. Um, a friend uh, 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 put me up for uh, just about a year and I'm taking steps now. I bought a... Um, a wood store just uh, in the Dales Centre here that uh, I, I'm uh, I have planned permission for converting into a live work unit. Uh, so I'll have a workshop studio uh, space underneath and a small flat uh, then uh, on top, which should help enormously because um, you know when you've got two rents, two rates, two telephone, two electric, mm. two water, you you have to produce a huge uh, amount of work to get the the trickle of sales to make uh, a business work. And you, obviously, well, as far as I know, you're just here doing this on your own, aren't you? Pretty much. Though my partner, my current partner, Barbara, lives in Germany, and she comes across every uh, couple of months and helps me with marking out and uh, cutting out. So I've uh, boxes and boxes of uh, parts that I can work on in the interim uh, then. So it's, uh, it, yeah, it's our way of uh, seeing each other. <laughs> a working relationship in more ways than one well yes yeah i mean i, I i'm here pretty much seven days a week from mm. uh, more or less 10 till 10 and that's uh, of course can be quite uh, exhausting so uh, i'll take um, when barbara comes over then i'll go back uh, with her for a, a week or so's break and uh, completely recharge 
Yes, it's necessary, isn't it? Especially, oh, yes. Especially when you're self-employed. And yes, and you've so, got a And crew. so driven, you don't get a break, do you? If you're <laughs> you actually don't. here, you need to take yourself away, sure. That's right. Yes. I don't think I actually mentioned at the beginning the name of the of the business, your Gracula Sculptures, That's correct, you? yes. Where did the name come from? Um, Graculus actually comes from Nog in the Nog. And Nog in the Nog, for me, was a little ray of sunshine. Uh, I think I was, would have been four years old uh, when I first came across that. And um, Graculus was the great green bird familiar of Nog in the Nog. And I so wanted a, a Graculus. Uh, and that must have kind of implanted itself somewhere deep in the, uh, the subconscious. Because years ago, uh, I was ordering some... Uh, uh, fiberglass uh, materials from a company and they asked me what the company name was well I didn't have a company name uh, at that point so out of the blue I said oh it's Graculus Graculus Sculptures right. and then years after that I started working then in the copper so copper will eventually turn green with the verdigris so it's almost as if I've got my wish that the rooks that I make that actually fund my being here are my Graculus. <laughs> Your Graculus. So, so that's where the... Yes. Uh, the, unusual. The unusual. I don't think I've ever come across it before anywhere Well, else. it's actually Latin for a jackdaw. Ah, okay. Or No, not Latin, sorry. It's Roman for a jackdaw. Roman and Latin are, are different. And it comes from the, the sound that uh, uh, the jackdaws make, which is crack, crack. And at the moment, we've got peace and quiet through there. It's not going, it's not going to. Uh, no, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't perform. Doesn't, to, on doesn't cue, perform. No. no, not to cue. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just wondered if you've got any any um, particular pieces that you're extremely fond of. Have you got any favourites? Oh, the the latest one is always uh, a favourite. So I'm looking on this piece behind me, which uh, you can see. It's um, I came across some. Um, oh, I don't know how to describe them, but they look like small rockets that are used by the military to fire up into the air. They then break apart and a parachute comes out to, uh, holding a light. So they're uh, an illuminating sort like of... Like a flare almost, yes? Yes, it, yeah. it drops a flare. Drops well, the, the canister looks like a rocket. And that I've uh, attached a, a rook onto with its wings really streamlined back, so it looks like it's going uh, at a great uh, rate of knots. And then the from the back of the rocket, the, what forms the stand and actually holds it up in midair is a, a series of um, wire rods that are, are curled into a kind of cloud effect. So it has uh, uh, the look of uh, a, a snapshot of a rook, of, in a movement. rook holding onto a, a a rocket and being launched, so it'll be called rocket. <laughs> rocket, <laughs> good one. And also one. this 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 piece that we have in front of me is uh, is a favourite. This is uh, an anvil that appears to be hovering in midair, and uh, that was a design I had in my sketchbook for some years before I could work out how to do it because I can't even lift an anvil to that height, let alone get it to hover in midair. So that was uh, an interesting challenge. And what is what is actually quite fascinating about it is, in fact, I will take some photographs if you're okay with that and put yeah, yeah. some up so people can see. What is fascinating is it there's a coiled chain and the anvil is on top of the coiled chain with the rook on top of that. And when I look at it, it doesn't look like the chain would actually 
support anything. And yet there it is in midair. Well, in fact, it'll be over my head height when I stand up. So it's actually <laughs> how did you do it? Um was that giving away trade secrets? The problem secrets? is, if I tell you how oh, it's no, done... Oh, now you have to kill me. <laughs> then it... Then it <laughs> oh, it spoils no. the, it spoils no, okay, the effect. Okay, it spoils the illusion, so yeah. you don't need to tell me. It's so magic. The piece is called Anti-Gravity. Anti-Gravity. That's certainly. why there's knitting there. You see, knitting right. and the, the, the oh. glasses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As you see, all the heads are adjustable on my rooks, so they can be reposed... Um, which is a nice way to change the character and fool the neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually alive. Yeah, certainly. And uh, I know you used to have, out, I think outside of where you were living, you had a, a dragon on a coiled... Yeah, it was uh, a Bren gun carrier track. It's uh, a that? small military vehicle that uh, around here... Um, after the war, or during the war, they were they were doing a lot of exercises, uh, military training from Catrick Camp, and they would come driving uh, up the dale in one of these little uh, um, gun carriers, and they would drive under the river and then come out the other side. At uh, they would drive under the bridge at Grinton into the river and come out the other side. And it was uh, Brian Robinson that uh, told me that when he was a lad, he was watching these uh, these uh, army um, people coming on manoeuvres and there had been a, a, a strong flood as we get uh, swale ale, uh, having, or the Swale being an extremely fast-flowing river, as you know. Uh, and there had been a flood and it had scoured out uh, a huge pool underneath the, the bridge. So the lads went and watched when this universal carrier was coming. It went into the water and completely disappeared. <laughs> There were apparently there were helmets and sacks and uh, 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 soldiers floating about all over the place. So they thought it was uh, absolutely hilarious. Now, when they came to recover that vehicle, it shed one of the tracks, and that then laid in the river. That was then used as a military exercise as how as a platoon to retrieve this extremely heavy track out of the river, and then it was uh, like an initiative uh, test. And then one of the uh, soldiers had the initiative to lose this uh, confounded track. So it then disappeared, only to resurface again in 1980, uh, was it 87 when we had the strong floods uh, again around I'm here? not sure. Yes. Well, uh, so, uh, they, so he lost it. They lost it. They what? lost it. They no the longer had again? to do that. Pardon? In the river again? Or? Yes, it went back into the river and was uh, sunk without trace. <laughs> Until it uh, it returned again, eighty six, uh, I think it was the floods mm. of eighty six. It resurfaced. They were filling in another hole that appeared there. I asked the uh, JCB driver if he could pull this uh, across. I took it to bits, freed up the links, uh, coiled it around, and made a dragon's head uh, to go on top of it. Very <laughs> it comes from the, the these vehicles were um, derived from a vehicle called a drag a dragon. Ah, okay. Which was a kind of condensing of drag and gun. So the a vehicle that drags a gun condensed to dragon. Dragon. Right. So that's why I put a dragon's head on it. And a dragon's head on it. Yes. Do you still have that? <laughs> um. Yes. Yeah, um. Yes, I do. Yes. You do. Yes. You do. Yes. That yes. One was still yes. yes. Two. 
Yes, too much history there, really, not to, I guess. Yes. Mm, certainly. That's yeah, as soon as I can afford to keep a piece, then, you know, I like to like to try and do that. There yes, are various uh, pieces in my private collection. Fortunate. So, so how far and wide, then, are your, do, are, do your pieces go? Oh, have globally. You, globally? Yes. Okay. Yes, I have... Um, I have rooks in uh, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, I've got a, quite a large piece in Singapore. In the um, there's a famous um, Gardens of the Bay in uh, Singapore, which they were trying to make into another wonder of the world. And I have some pieces uh, there. I have um, spiders in Barbados, uh, bat in Moscow, uh, stuff all over Europe. Uh, and then uh, across uh, in uh, the States, I recently sent uh, a rook out to uh, to America, to uh, California. Um, there are pieces in Canada. Uh, yeah. It's... <laughs> oh, there's Joe. <laughs> He's applauding your enterprise. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> and I guess it must be a huge challenge then, the pieces that you're mentioning, most of them are smaller items, but... What about the large ones? Shipping that is that that must be quite a challenge for you. Uh, yeah, I, I mean the piece that uh, this guy wanted in Singapore was actually a couple of rooks on a garden roller. You can imagine how heavy a garden roller is, and uh, he also bought a, a few more rooks. The, the 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 roller was I fixed it so it was on a base so it would rotate uh, as well. That I had to build a crate for way and then uh, sort out the the shipping uh, for that but he was quite uh, he was absolutely delighted uh, with, with the piece it arrived so okay it did thankfully <laughs> yes quite a challenge was that one that you had up in muka is that where i've seen it or is uh, that a different no one? that might have been a variation uh, uh, on, on a variation it, yeah. of the same yes yes no. Yeah, once once I have a, a design that uh, you know i really enjoy making then you know i'll make uh, copies well I mean, they're never direct copies because no. uh, all, all the work is, <laughs> as Joe was telling you, uh, all the work is made from um, recycled copper, old hot water cylinders. Uh, so there's, uh, what I, I discovered was that on the inside of a hot water cylinder, there's a different range of patinas depending on what's dissolved in the water. So you get uh, chlorates, hydrates, uh, sulfates, um, um, uh, lime scale, um, chlorine, and this uh, it all kind of combines in the water to make a microclimate. So depending what the temperature has been at through its life, how often the water is drawn off, all affects the copper in different ways. So when I cut open a cylinder, what I find inside will determine what I'll use that sheet for. So um, I, I work from templates, so all the pieces are cut out uh, from the different sheets. So they all come out uh, unique, uh, uniquely, rather mm. than um, being direct copies. It's not like... Um, Nothing's the same, then. No. No, ev everyone is an individual piece of exactly. art. Exactly. Fantastic. Even if the, even if the, the idea is similar, uh, then it, you know the, mm. the piece is completely unique in itself. And I know in the showroom here you have um, you have quite a portfolio there of photographs. I have of... a huge amount of, uh, of work because of the, the the amount of work that I have to produce. I simply don't have enough time to print out all the photographs of all the variations of work. Mm. So what I have uh, in the showroom is just a small uh, selection of what's possible, or you know the you know, some of my favourite pieces. Mm. Uh, so if someone wants to actually find you, um, commission you to make something, 
How would they go about that then? You're uh, online, presumably. Yes, I have uh, my website at www.graculus.co.uk. Uh, um, people often get in touch with me uh, through there. They get in touch directly. They see my work uh, at exhibitions. Uh, I give out brochures. Um, you know, it's. I think the longest period was, I think it was nine years from where I gave somebody a brochure at uh, Hampton Court before they actually came round and uh, ordered and quite quite a large piece uh, that they mm. ordered at that point. People... You know, people will wait until they've they've got an inheritance or uh, mm -hmm. there's a special anniversary or, you know, they want to celebrate. They want to do something that's different. And that's kind of uh, what I cater for, really. And something that's going to last, isn't it? It's yeah. So, you know, and also something that, you know, if I can if I can uh, kick in with it, then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll have a go at uh, making it. I mean, it's like the, the owl in the, the corner there. That was a friend of mine does show gardens for uh, the RHS. And uh, he was at RHS Cardiff uh, last year. And um, uh, he was doing a, a garden themed on Welsh mythology, which needed an owl. It was uh, about a, a woman called uh, Bladewith that, that uh, was changed from a woman into an owl. Um, so he was asking if I could adapt anything that I had that would work for this. I had a short window of four weeks uh, to, to get this sorted. It just so happened that I was already underway with an owl. And, uh, I had, <laughs> that was lucky. <laughs> well, I had the, the head resolved. I'd worked out uh, how, uh, I mean, that's a story in, it, in itself, how to do the mechanism for the head to rotate and move back and forth. And I had the wings uh, kind of uh, semi-sorted. So I just dropped everything, cleared a space, and then uh, got this owl built. And you know, he was absolutely delighted with the result, uh, as I am too. Mm. Uh, he won gold uh, and best in show uh, for his garden. So he was over the moon uh, with, uh, with the result. Now I have to make another one in order to work out how much they cost to make. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to keep that one here to work out uh, how, how to make it again. How to make it again. So, yeah. yeah, so it's come back here for now. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes lovely. Well, I'd just like to, to say thank you very much, uh, Michael, for agreeing to this. It's fasc it's absolutely fascinating. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, and if you don't mind, I will take some photographs so I can put them online so people can see. That's the awful thing about audio is that <laughs> we talk about all these amazing creations and while people are listening, it will tempt them, hopefully, to go onto your website and see themselves. Well, I will put some photographs enjoy. up too and enjoy them, yes. It's thank you very much. And also very thank you. And also thank you to Joe for staying reasonably <laughs> quiet. He was making a racket earlier. Bye, <laughs> That's Joe. You. Bye, bye, Joe. <laughs> thank you. Cheers, this is Susan. Susan signing out from inside Yorkshire. <laughs>